Bobby, what's going on, buddy? What's up, Holman? How you doing today? <sighs> We're doing. Uh, we made it through the work week this week. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Um, ah, dude, this week, this was a long, a long week mentally. I don't know why. This week was just mentally draining. Yeah, this week low-key kind of sucked. Yeah, this, this week did low-key kind of... We have a lot of... Uh, a lot of people that are just like, you tell them to do 20 reps, and you're just looking at them, and you're like, you've definitely done 20. What number are you on? 37? I told you to do 20. Like, it's just, oh, God, it's just like, it's just trying. But we made it. We're here. I love my job. It is what it is. See, I can't da- I can't stand dealing with the, with the with the public anymore, so, like, I just, like, since I've, since I've gotten to Random House, where I where the extent of my interactions with people is with my coworkers. Yeah. Like I could never go back to dealing with the public again. So, well, well, the beauty of physical therapy is, um, like if people start like acting up and like saying, saying crazy things, uh, you could just give more exercises to do. And most of them do not want to do more exercises. Mm. So it's kind of like a, it's like a punishment, but it's like a beneficial punishment. It's like, oh, you want to act up, and you're you're tired of doing those uh those kicks with the two pound ankle weight there. How about the three pound? And you're like, oh, that's not much. I tell you what, a pound on your ankle makes a difference. Oh yeah, I believe it. Yeah, um, like in the warehouse, like if like if you if you just want to avoid somebody, like there are times where I have to pull like a certain amount of boxes out of a certain aisle. Yeah, and I'll like I'll start lining myself up to go into the aisle. And I'll see that there's a certain person that I do not want to interact with at all. I'll skip it. I'll circle back. I could have to get like 40 some odd boxes out of one location. I'm skipping it. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Circle back. I could have to get 80 fucking boxes for an order. 80 boxes. 45 of them in one location. And then the remaining 35... In 35 different locations. I'm skipping it. I'll go to the other 35. I will go to the other 35. There are some people that I refuse to interact with at that place. Hey, man. When you work in a in a setting like that, with as many people as you do on your shift, you're bound to have at least one person that you want to avoid. Like, luckily, yeah. I work in a clinic where there, we have two PTAs, one PT, um, and one um, front desk lady um all of us get along all of us have a great working relationship uh like we have a great atmosphere there patients love it patients love our clinic um they love that they can have fun joke around um you know they pick on us right we pick on them we pick on each other as co-workers um it's all in good fun it's, it's all you know it, and everybody understands that everybody has a good time and um and you know it's all like it's all for varying different reasons that I want to avoid people too. Like some people, just, some people smell, right? I've had a few of them, yeah. yeah. Some people smell, so you avoid them for obvious reasons. Some people are just really, really annoying that you just don't want to. Yeah. Like some people are like dangerous. Like you don't want, like you want to avoid them because you're you want to avoid possibly getting into an accident. We we've had. Uh... We've had patients before where, like, wow, we really don't want to piss them off because, like, they'd come back and shoot the place up. Yeah. I've had one guy tra- threaten to shoot me once. Oh, I'm not surprised. 
He didn't want to do his exercise. I told him that's too damn bad. He goes, I don't have to do them. I was like, you're right. So why are you here? <laughs> He's like, because I have to be. I was like, no one's holding you hostage. Yeah. I was like, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to be here. Yeah. I was like, so you're here. You're going to do them. He goes, not if I get my gun and shoot you. And I'm like, well, you're not going to do that. But you are going to go do your exercises. Guess what? He did his exercise. He did his exercise. I haven't been shot yet, so. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um. And then, so there's this one guy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mention names. But he's uh he's new. Okay. Right. New guy. New guy. <clears throat> so earlier, so in the so during the week, I had I had a time where we ran out of work in the building that I was working in. Okay. So they sent me back to where the majority of the aisles are. And they just said, we have a lot of, we have a lot of back to stock pallets. Just grab one or grab however many you can and just go put everything back. So the way it works, it's, it's kind of like a jumbled up fucking mess. Like it's all like they just take the boxes and they put them on the pallet with the paper of what's all there and the locations of where it's supposed to be. And like, you have to unstack it, restack it just so it's easier. That's a disaster because you'll have like times where you have to put like 14 boxes in one location, but that'll be like at the very bottom of the pallet. There's like 35 boxes on the pallet. So you have to take it all off just to put the 14 first so you can get to it all. There has to be a better way. Oh, there's not because it all comes right off the truck and gets dropped out in front of our office. No, there has to be a better way. There's not. That's that's how you are trained to do it. Take it, cut the plastic wrap off, unstack it, make sure everything is there, stack it up and go. That's how you're trained to do it. Well, I understand it's how you're trained to do it. It doesn't mean it's the most efficient way. Oh, nobody said it's efficient. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be a better way. I understand that's how you're trained to do it, but that doesn't mean that it's right. Or the most efficient, like. But see, the, the the nice part about it is, if whenever you're told to do it, it's kind of like a it's it's like a good thing because there's no exact number you're just supposed to put away. Okay. So, so it's like a, it's like an untimed, untimed thing. Like whatever you get done is whatever you get done. So like I grabbed one pallet of like 28 boxes with an hour and a half to go, and that's all I did. Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, I was standing there t- talking to two other uh, coworkers that I have a good relationship with. And this, <laughs> um, and this, and the new guy comes around and he just parks on the other side of my one buddy who has the same name as me. And like me, him, and the other guy, we're just like standing there bullshitting, talking, laughing. It's like the end of the night. We were all, the three of us were doing the same thing. Um, so we're just like standing there and bullshitting. And he's like chiming in. And we're just ignoring him. Like he, like he's the type of, like he's the type of person that always has to interject himself into conversations. Those are people. Look, I talk a lot on this podcast outside of sports. I tend to talk a lot on this podcast about things that really piss me off. People that wear sunglasses when it's cloudy outside slash you're inside. That pisses me off. You're like Peter Griffin. You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> right. Steph says that to me all the time, and and. Anytime I get the opportunity, like in the episode, in that episode, a family guy, Peter Griffin's like, you know what really grinds my gears? Lindsay Lohan. There you are, prancing around your little outfits. Where do you get off? Where do you, where the hell do you get off? 
What do you want to do, Lindsay? What do you want to do? I don't want to. I don't know. There you are, prancing around in little outfits, and I'm just, I'm just sitting here in my beer. And that's it. But no, a lot of th- a lot. There are a lot of things that do piss me off, and I like. I'm. I'm. I'm not ashamed to say it. I'll. I'll vocalize it with a. Do, do we add in like a new like segment every week? Like what? Uh, what pop, ha- Poppy's what, pissed. What has pissed off Poppy this week? Um, but yeah, people that just interject themselves into conversations, that bothers me. If it's like a group setting, and we're speaking in general, fine, whatever, no, like no, like no big deal, but. We were sitting there talking about how one day the guy who I'm the guy who I'm friends with who has the same name as me, he had one box on it for an order. Okay. Which, which happens. He put it in the middle of the fucking pallet and then inst- like for one box you don't have to fucking wrap that at all. No, you would definitely have to wrap that. Well, like like if it's they tell us if it's more than three layers high, just wrap it. I would, I would for sure wrap it. Yeah, sometimes it's okay. Like if it's all like the same, like if it's all the same box, you have like sixty of them. I normally don't wrap it because it's all one, it's all squared off, so it's fine. And it's like everything's leveled off and everything, so it's good. But he decided to wrap that one box, not just the box, but he went up and over the top of the pallet. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I definitely would have. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Up and over, secure it to the pallet. Up and over a bunch of times. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I watched him do it. Yeah, would I would have done the same thing. I just didn't. I just didn't say anything. And he dropped it off at the. He dropped it off where we put our orders at, and the person who who drives back and forth to take everything to shipping saw it as he was picking up his pallet. Looked at him and said, "Who the hell did this?" <laughs> And he said someone else's name who we don't like, and then drove away. Oh my gosh! So we were talking about that and laughing, and then this guy said something about when he was in high school. Like homie, All right. I don't care. I was gonna try to defend him and be like, "All right, well, he's a new guy. Maybe he's like, is he around our age? Like, is he a younger guy?" Um, see, it's tough. Like, it's tough. If you had to guess. If I had to guess, I would say he's probably give me a range, like 27 to 32. I would say that's safe. I don't think he's I don't think he's as young as me. Yeah. I think there's only two people on the ship that are as young or younger than me. Okay. Um which that doesn't say a lot. But um but it's not that he's new in a warehouse setting cuz he's worked here. He's worked there for like 7 months now. Yeah. But he's new on our ship. What's well, saying? Maybe for, he for, saw for, for doing what we're doing. Yeah, maybe he saw some younger guys, and he's like, "Oh, okay, perfect. They're around my age. Um, maybe I can talk to them. You know, make some friends on the shift. You know, have some some camaraderie or something like that." But if like he's like, if you guys are talking about like a specific thing, and he's bringing up like, "Yeah, this one time in high school, my buddy and I, um, you know, we we both peed in the same Gatorade bottle and then <laughs> drank it." <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, <laughs> like what am I supposed to do with that information box? Okay, dude. <laughs> this is also the same guy who gave me attitude when he said he wanted to go back to the office and I was doing inventory. Yeah. And I asked him where is he trying to go and he said and he like gave me two and said back to the office and I told him you better watch who you're talking to. Yeah, right, well I, I I was gonna try to maybe defend this guy, but I don't know if there's defending no, him. No, there's no there's definitely no no defending him. Like people from what he did before said that he's like a real rule Nazi. Like he's real by the book. For everything, 
which there's nothing wrong with that. But then, but instead of telling management about what happened, he'll try to take matters into his own hands. Uh, oh, right. He'll try to tell people like, "Oh, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that." Who the fuck left you in charge? Right. Who? Yeah. Who left? Who left you in charge? Like I've had to tell people on multiple occasions, like, "Hey, if you have a problem with, what, with something that I'm doing." My manager's in the office. Go talk to him. Don't talk to me. I'll let him talk to me. If you got, if I mean, if you have that big of an issue with something that I'm doing, you and I are on the same pay grade. You and I do the same exact work for the same exact amount of money, and we have the exact same expectations. You are not my boss. You can go fuck off <laughs> respectfully. Hey, well, I'm I'm gonna call you because this is your you at your job. Hey, Jake. Uh, I don't I don't really know if you should be doing that. Oh, dang, that's crazy crazy mike's in the office you can go talk to him yep i don't know i'm assuming your boss is it's not mike no we do have a guy's name mike on the shift though i would imagine it's a pretty common name yeah it'd kind of be weird if there wasn't a mike there yeah but no it's um that place is lawless fucking land <sighs> most warehouses are i've worked in a i've i worked for a vapco in tawny town which is like making industrial size heating and ac units right that place Dude, my first few weeks there, the dude training me tried to fight me. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. He's like, he's like, hey, new guy, can you talk? Uh, can you toss me a pen? I'm like, yeah, I got him. I had a pen in my pocket. I tossed it to him. He didn't catch it. He goes, pick it up. I'm like, I'm not picking up the pen. He goes, pick up the pen. I was like, I'm not picking up the pen. You couldn't catch it. I'm not picking it up. Right. And he goes, like, he's like, well, I'm on the safety board and I'll write you up for throwing stuff. I was like, you fucking told me to throw it to you. I'm not. No. Yeah. And our boss came over, our shift supervisor came over. He's like, what is going on here? And uh, he looked at our boss and goes, I'm trying to make sure a new guy knows he's my bitch. I looked at our supervisor and goes, I said, I'm making sure he knows I'm not anybody's bitch. And our supervisor goes, can someone pick up the fucking pen? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I worked in sheet metal. I ran a big ass press break that bent sheet metal. The big, like the casings on the outside of the, ac units so you you can see them from a distance away you know it's it, they're pretty big pieces of sheet metal yeah um so we had a big ass table that was probably about like yay high mm. eh, maybe maybe here so i i bent down i picked up the pen and i turned my hand and like just slammed it on the table and i was like i got you and uh the supervisor said thank you and drove away Dude training me looked at me and goes he's lucky he's like uh you're lucky i don't have any baby powder i'd smack the shit out of you like Why'd you do it without it? <laughs> he didn't smack me. And I'm assuming very shortly thereafter you quit. <laughs> yeah, I left pretty shortly after. <laughs> See, like, even Lowe's is, like, considered, like, a warehouse setting, but it's, like, regulated is, like, the wrong word, but it's almost, like, regulated because you, like, it's, like, like you have to, like, like keep up with appearances because you actually have people going in there in order to do, in yeah. order to do things. Like, the only time, like, last night, perfect example, it was, like, 6 o'clock, an hour before I was supposed to get off. I was, like, leaning against, I was in an aisle, leaning against um a bunch of boxes, like, five levels, like, three or four levels in the air, talking to another guy. We were just, we were just sitting there bullshitting, nothing crazy. Yeah. Well, then, my supervi- then our supervisor drove past. So, like, so I saw him, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I like 
I like hightailed it. So I'm trying to make it seem like I'm doing actually doing work. Skirt and wheels out of there. <laughs> right. So I'm like, so I like backed in. So like the front of my truck is facing the front of the other guy's truck because he just pulled right in that way. Um, and so like I'm like backing up and I see the supervisor like whip back around real quick. And I'm like, I'm already like halfway down the aisle at this point. So I'm like, all right. That's like you're balling down the road. You see the cop pull a U-turn real quick. You're like, oh, fuck. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you like you see the, you see the supervisor when you're doing something you know you're not supposed to be doing, and then like you make it seem like you're actually working, and you see them still turn around. You're like, oh shit! But come to find out, he was talking to another guy who was at the front of the aisle to begin with, so he didn't even, he didn't even fucking see what I did. He had no idea. Yeah, he had no clue. There you go. You gotta be careful what stories you tell on here. Oh, I don't care. I'm saying you you got a, you got a few uh, a few buddies from from your job that listen to so, like. Guy that listened, a guy that listens was the one I was talking to last night. Well, I understand that. I'm just saying that you never know who else is going to listen, right? What did um, you, you get, homie? That was, uh, you know, follows the book, and he's like, he's like, ha, 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 we fucking got him, <laughs> fucking Drewski got him, Mike. We fucking got him, Mike. Well, like the like, so I so I told you they like they have music that plays in the warehouse. I've said it before. It's 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 really really weird. The musical selection. It's it, like you have to appeal to everybody. I mean, there's all different fucking, there's all age groups that, that work there. Like my supervisor, like I'm 25. My supervisor's been there for 30 years. Dang. So he's worked there longer than I've been alive. Um, he's a cool guy, but I'm, but I'm sure he's not trying to listen to, he's not trying to hear like fucking Doja Cat and The Weeknd all night long. So there's like classic rock that plays. There's like current stuff that plays. Shit I've never heard of before that plays. What if it was just like all EDM music? Oh, dude, I would have quit in a week. <laughs> I would have quit in a week. I would have gone back to Lesbian if it was all EDM music all the time. That'd be funny though. It would be funny. But anyway, I was I was in an aisle, and I had I listened to music on my phone. You supposed to? No. But the warehouse is so big. If you've driven past, if you've driven past it before, you understand how big it is. Um, so I was listening to music on my phone, and I just had like there's like a little shelf where I put all my stuff. I just literally put, I put it on top of like my pen and my marker that I keep with me at all time, at all times, and it like maybe less than less than half the volume, like just loud enough so I can hear it, and that was it. And the dude who's like a who's the narc of the ship of the shift. Ship. Wow. We're on a boat now. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> the narc of the shift drove past, and he's, like, adjusting his palate next to me. I just kept my music playing. I didn't care. What's the matter? Right. No one said anything to me. No one has said anything to me about it before. The only time that I've actually had management talk to me about something is when I actually did, like, is when I, is when... My production slipped during the summertime, but it was like a hundred fucking degrees in there every night, so everybody's production slipped. And um, one day I forgot, or I logged out of my computer incorrectly, so the person that came in after me that got on my truck still was logged into my computer. So I reported that I picked like four hundred cartons in a night, <laughs> but by the time that the computer was logged out, I picked like. Almost a thousand, dang! So I got like credit for like an, for an additional six hundred cartons. There you go. So so he's just like, so my manager's just like, 
show me how you log out of this computer. I just want to make sure you're doing it right. He's like, I'm not questioning that you don't know how to do it. He's like, just let me, just show me what you do. So I, boom, 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 boom. He's like, okay, I don't know why it's been doing this. It was like two nights in a row it happened. But whatever, it is with this. Sometimes technology just be like that. Those computers in that warehouse suck. Yeah, I believe it. It's terrible. They go through hell. They go through hell. I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick minute. Let's uh, let's run an ad real quick. And then let's hop into the uh, the action. What do you say? Station identification. <laughs> I've been saying it. I've been waiting for it. Now here we go. Here we go. All right. So, in big news, it's not even really that big. There's a lot of Lamar Jackson drama. Going also, on. before before you keep before before we do get into that, um, speedy recovery to Foster Moreau. He just got diagnosed with leukemia. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's the second NFL player in the last two all seasons that's got that's been diagnosed with it. Not saying that there's a correlation, but um, first was John Mechie, the rookie wide receiver from Alabama f- from last year, who went to the Houston Texans. Now it's Foster Moreau, who actually had it uncovered while doing a physical with the Saints. Yeah. Um. So good on the Saints uh, staff for you know possibly catching it. Uh, speedy recovery to him sounds like sounds like it's in a good good state um well no cancer is good but it's um based on the way that foster Mar- foster moreau was talking about it, it sounds like it was it's going to be it's going to be okay yeah yeah uh luckily there are a few forms of leukemia that are very treatable yeah um so yeah speedy recovery to him yep uh wishing nothing but the best uh just wanted to throw that out there kind of a little bit of gloomy news we'll go ahead and start kicking it up with Things that are less gloomy, but just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, will he ever listen to this? Most likely not. But on the off chance, on the off chance that he does, we can still be good humans. We're thinking about you. Exactly, we can still be good humans. Yeah. Um. So there is a new update in the Lamar Jackson saga. There's some drama roaming around with him. So if you guys remember last episode, we were talking about how um, Mike Florio. I, I wanted to say Garofolo for some reason, but that's not true. Uh, Mike Florio reported that somebody was targeting teams and talking to teams for Lamar Jackson. And it wasn't really reported on who it was. Um, and then I saw Kimberly Martin on Get Up say something. Um, it was one of uh, Lamar's mom's friends. Now, I don't know if this individual actually is friends with Lamar Jackson's mom. Um, but there is a name to it. Um, what is his name? Ken? Ken something. I know I looked him up. Hold on. Give me one second. I can tell you. Ken Francis. Mr. Ken Francis. Um, It was reported from the NFL sent out a notice to all the teams, all 32 teams, saying um, there is a gentleman by the name of Ken Francis who may be, let's let's maybe emphasize that that word right there, may be, contacting teams regarding Lamar Jackson. Remember, he's not a part, he's not a licensed, uh, NFLPA licensed agent or a part of the NFLPA. Right. So you cannot speak with him. It can only be discussed with Lamar Jackson or an NFLPA licensed agent, which Lamar does not have an agent. So you cannot talk to him. Well, Lamar Jackson took Twitter after seeing that and said, stop lying. He's never negotiated for me. Mr. Ken Francis also denies that he has been um, negotiating for Lamar Jackson. He said, we are business partners. 
but not in that business. Lamar Jackson handles his own football stuff. I do not do it for him. Yeah. Um, now, I will say this. Could Ken Francis have engaging interest with other teams? I think that may be a possibility. Uh, maybe with Lamar Jackson's knowledge, without Lamar Jackson's knowledge. I'm not here to speculate, but... Um, yeah, who's to say he's not, like, talking to teams about this, like, gym product, whatever, and, like, you know, he's got a mutual interest with Lamar. He's like, hey, like, what are you guys, what are you guys thinking about Lamar? Right. Is, I mean, I mean, I kind of I put it all to bed on Tuesday that unless it came from Lamar Jackson, like, directly from Lamar, I really don't buy into it. Um, and this, again, another case, just something not to really buy into. You know, it's just, you know, RG, RG3 kind of put it the, put it, put it best earlier today. You know, Lamar Jackson is, Lamar Jackson's really making it hard on a lot of people right now. Ravens fans in particular. But, you know, he's making it hard on NFL owners because they have no clue what the hell is, gonna, is going on right now with, with his contract. They don't know. They, re- like, believe it or not, this may be one of the most impactful contract negotiations for the next 10 years yeah the the road is we're, we're splitting right here right so the, right. the road can go left the road can go right yeah this uh, is this is the fork in the road it's either it's either from here on out things are going to now become more and more guaranteed by the year or we're going to go off on the tangent that we have been on for quite a while of not necessarily every contract being fully guaranteed, but the prices just get more and more exorbitant. And right now we're at that we're at that difficult crossroads. So now the owners have no clue what the hell is going on. In addition to the owners not really know what's going on, the media has nothing to report. Mm-hmm. So of course that is just frying the hell out of their brains. So all they're able to do now is speculate. Well, yeah, I've said it. For a while now, I feel like 98% of the shit that's come out about Lamar Jackson is purely just speculation. And, like, have you ever noticed that, like, if you ever watch the sports media, it's there's two different narratives that happen. It's the former players saying, Lamar Jackson is handled this fantastically. He deserves the fully guaranteed money. Then there's the talking heads, you know, the... um Mike Tannenbaum, the former GM. Experts. I mean, even even Mike T, like, I'm, I'm cu- like... Mike T is reliable, but there are some people, Jeremy Fowler, Justina Anderson, you know, just because you've covered the NFL doesn't make you a credible source. No, no, absolutely. But I'm saying like, um, like Mike Tannenbaum, um, Colin Cowherd, uh, what's it dude? Rich Eisen, like all of them, they're all like, you know what? The Ravens are doing fantastic on this. So there's like, there's almost like a divide in the sports media. Yeah. It's like. The the talking heads, like the the other dudes that like Mike T, you know, the former GM, uh, Colin Cowherd, Mike or, and um, Rich Eisen, who never really had a part in like an NFL franchise, but they do know it really, really well. I mean, they've been covering it for years. And then there's the former players like there's there really is like a divide in. Um, in the sports media, so I think I think it's uh, it's kind of funny. And I don't really know which side I lean on because they both make good points. I don't know if you ask me. If you ask me, this is a, this is like almost political, like Republican versus Democrat, former players versus uh, like talking heads. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's kind of how that's that's really how it's always been. Of course, of course, with with us having so much vested interest in what's going on, you know, we pay a little bit more attention to it all as opposed to like if if it was. I don't know. Shit. 
Ryan Tannehill. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, he's still on roster, but probably not for much longer. Well, right. But, but who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't give a shit about that. But, like, like, we're more invested in what the Ravens have going on because we are Ravens fans. That's not that's not hidden. We've never hidden it. Um, you know, proud of it. I'll, I will be to the day I die. But, you know, it's like, what I don't understand is, is that how can these talking heads, you know, I mentioned Jeremy Fowler, Justina Anderson, um, you know, there's probably a lot others that have said a lot dumber shit that I just... Garofolo. Um, Gar- yeah, Garofolo. Um, Florio. Florio. Stephen A. Smith. Um, Skip. All those guys. Isn't it illegal to post fake news about somebody? Isn't that considered slander? I would imagine so. So my question is, why are they still allowed to do this? Because right now, at this point, it, like they keep making up these false narratives. Maybe it's for their own enjoyment. Maybe it's just so they can, maybe it's just so they can go home and get their dick hard, or maybe it's just so they can actually put something out there. Because nothing else is. There's no other major story going on going on in the NFL right now besides what is what is and was what is not happening with Lamar Jackson. So maybe it's just their opportunity to go ahead and get some content out there. But then, but even then, at the same time. At some point, they just have to think to themselves, wow, we have got to sound like the biggest jackass on the planet. What do they care? I mean, I mean, they they should care about putting out false narratives because then at this point, if they continue to put out false narrative after false narrative, then their reputation then their reputation and their credibility is on the line. I mean, if like if they get I'm just 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 an example. If Dan Orlovsky put out, which he's hitting this, if he continued, if he would, if he would constantly put out fake story after fake story after fake story, or or just a dead wrong take, at some point his credibility would be called into question, right? For sure. At which point he would probably he'd probably be fired by ESPN. And then if, if if your credibility was the reason why that you were fired, you wouldn't have a job anywhere else. I don't know, like like it like it's crazy to me that, that these that these people will just continue to put out fake story, fake story, false narrative, so on and so forth, and they keep their jobs. It's just, that that's just wild to me. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's the. It is part of reporting, I, I guess for to some degree is like everything's coming like per sources. Everything's coming from other people. Like you're relying on your sources to give you the accurate information. So maybe they just need to check their sources. Uh, I have no idea, but, um, but when they say, when they say per sources about Lamar Jackson, he ain't talking to his mom and he ain't talking to Lamar and they, they're not talking to Lamar. Yeah. I mean, most of the time when they say per sources, it's, you know, like agent or like people within their agents agency, or you know something like that where they can kind of like sneak some sneak some information out um, that does have some credibility because once again it's coming right from the agent's office, right? And and in those in those cases, you know, it's like okay, well that kind of that that makes a little bit of sense, and but it almost usually tracks. You're right, yeah. In, in those in those instances, it does. But Lamar's agent's office is 
fucking living room, right? Right, right. But, which, which is the thing that really bothers me the most is that they say per sources. Well, who are you talking to? Lo Shimmy? Right. Didn't Lamar Jackson, he did an interview on, uh, like, from training camp on NFL Network, and they're like, the dude's like, my sources say this, that, and he's like, Lamar looked at him and goes, what sources? Yeah, what's like? Who are you talking to? Like, what? What's? And that's that's what I don't. That's what I've never understood about about all this because he's he's so private. Like Lamar Jackson is such a private person. Like the only time you ever see him or hear anything about him is a when he's on the football field, mm-hmm. or b if people happen to like catch him out in public. Like Marlon Humphrey said it best: Lamar Jackson thinks he's not fam- He's not too famous to go to a fucking IHOP, right? Yeah, I don't know, but I will say on the reciprocal side of this situation, I think if I like if I was Lamar Jackson, I'm just like just come on, like let's just get the contract done. This is getting messy. This is getting out of hand. Like none of this is being talked about if Lamar Jackson has a contract done. Oh god, no. Agent agent or not. Contract is done. This shit's not getting talked about. Nobody gives a damn. No. Um so if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm I'm calling up EDC and Bashadi. I'm like, "All right, come on. Like get, we just gotta hash this out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this shit. Uh, like people are on social media just slanging shit at me, mud on my face. Like I'm just, I'm tired of it. Can we just do the damn thing? Right. Like I'll even just, I'll just sign my tag. I'll, I'll start with that. I'll just sign the tag. Let's. Can we just get a deal done? Which ultimately I think is what happens. I, I think we'll just play on the tag. Like. It, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just like for my own selfish reasons. I'm like, just get the deal done. But like, if I was in his shoes, there's so much, there's so much like, like you said, slander and like just mudslinging going on around him and his name, his brand, um, everything. There's just so much mudslinging going on around it. I would just look at him and be like, all right, can we just, let's just do the damn thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely agree with you in that aspect, but it's you know, three, three years, one forty four, fully guaranteed. I, to, I I'm done. Can we know, just do it? You know, but th- then again, at the same time, you know, the whole like Lamar Jackson's whole whole aura about him is, I've been doubted so much about every single decision I've made from the time he graduated high school up until now. He's always battled himself. He's always done. He's always done. He's always done it the Lamar Jackson way. Well, that's why he went to Louisville. Well, well, you know, he was doubted everywhere else, you know. Right. Running back, receiver, that's what he should be. Petrino's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, no, no. You're going to play quarterback yep. for me. Come here. You're going to play quarterback. I'm not going to switch you. I'm not even going to fucking think about it. You're a quarterback. And you're going to come play quarterback for me. Right. And it's just like um, Bill Polian saying that, he, saying that he shouldn't even be a quarterback in the NFL. Like all, all of these people have doubted Lamar so much, and he's and he's caught so much slander. This I think this is a little bit more amplified than it has been in Lamar Jackson's career. So I mean, it you know it's really really easy for you and me to say, oh yeah, hundred and forty fourth for three years, perfect. That's really really easy for us to say. But I but you know Lamar's Lamar's mindset probably is, I've done on myself every step of the way. Well, I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm just saying from, like, a, um, like, I'm just tired of the mudslinging. I'm just tired of all the shit. Like, like, let's just get the contract done. I'm, I'm sick of this. I can't do it anymore. Like, yeah. And I mean, like, and, and, you know, to your credit, you said, it, you, you know, it's probably easier for me to say that than it is for Lamar to say that. Yeah. I, I openly ad- admit that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's probably why this hasn't, that's probably why we're at a stalemate right now because Lamar's whole mindset is, okay, well, 
I've done this on my own. I've done it my way, the way I want to do it the entire time. Why am I going to switch up now? And that, and that's probably why that's probably where the whole holdup is. I'd sign a deal in the NFL for one year, $500,000 at this point. That's like life-changing money for me. Yeah, oh yeah, that's life-changing money for me also. So, I mean, I can't even imagine trying to get a contract done for hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. I take a contract for 500,000 right now. Like you like you and me like 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 one year 500,000. What number more? I'll wear whatever. <laughs> what position you want me to play? I'll wear a four XL jersey if you need to. If you need me to. <laughs> right. I like, don't care. Like, like what? Like what's my role? Where do you want me to be? You know. But but for Lamar, you know, it's, I think it's so different. You know, he know. And of, of course, you know, I've said it before. You know, Lamar knows his worth. He know. He, you know, he knows his end game. Yeah. And again, you know, it's, it's easy for you and me to say, "Oh yeah, perfect. Sign me up." I'll fucking take that money, no problem. But for Le- for Lamar, I'm sh- I'm sure he l- I'm sure he would love to take 144 million dollars, however much it was guaranteed. It was one. Th- if the if the three years 133 fully guaranteed, what like I I don't know if that was its own separate contract or if that was a part of the like contract that Adam Schefter and I've, them. I've reported. heard like umpteenth million fucking different contracts. It, yeah, I have no idea. It's, so, like, it's like it's like impossible to keep track. So I mean, if it, that was his own separate, like yeah, of course I'm gonna take that. Like I oh, said, for I would sure I would take one year five hundred thousand. You think I'm not gonna take three years one hundred and thirty three million? And and you know, unfortunately for a guy like Lamar who know who knows his worth, Lamar knows his worth. He if he thinks one hundred and thirty three is not enough for him, he's not gonna take it. Yeah, I mean, you could you could sign me like, hey, Holman, come play football for us for a year. We'll give you like. A year's worth of Taco Bell. I'd be like, yeah, no, fuck it, I'm in. Cool. Yeah. There's no way I can eat five hundred thousand dollars worth of Taco Bell fuck in a year. No. Oh my god, no. So they're getting they're gonna steal. Plus, I'm just gonna be an absolute fat, worthless <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> You're going from wide receiver to tight end to fucking offensive line <laughs> <laughs> in a matter of three months. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I mean the the whole the whole thing with Lamar Jackson. You know, it's it's really. I mean, the way this is all transpiring, you know, it is very unfortunate because. He is catching a lot of slack. I know damn well he doesn't care. Like Lamar Jackson does not care what people have to say about him. I'm sure maybe to an extent he does, but he's not like up at night saying, "Oh my gosh, why did Colin Coward say that about me?" Yeah, no, he clearly does because he does respond to some stuff like the like the really false claims. Like they said, like, "Hey, this guy's been negotiating." He's like, "No, that's no, not true. No, he has not." Yeah, false. Now, I will say, like, looking at that, like, they're like, the NFL put out that statement. So there was the rumor before that someone had been talking to teams. Then the NFL put out that it was him. And Lamar said, no, it was not him. But he didn't necessarily say somebody wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who, who knows? I'm just being a jackass at this point. I mean, that's all right. But, you know, this this whole this whole thing of somebody that's not a sanctioned uh, agent by the NFLPA. This is not the first time it's happened. It happened last year with Roquan Smith too. So it's not like this is just yeah. this this groundbreaking, like oh my gosh, if Lamar's if this is actually happening, Lamar's never going to play again. No, this has happened before. It happened to Roquan Roquan Smith. It happened to Roquan Smith last year. True, not true. Couldn't tell you. But um, you know, it it happened to him last year. So I mean, this this is nothing new. The fact of the matter is, this is this is kind of. This is a new where the new NFL is going. Players are going to start saying to themselves, "Okay, well, why am I going to give this guy ten percent of what I make when I can just negotiate everything myself and keep a hundred percent of what I what I earn?" 
I think agents are going to slowly start to become a thing of the past. Slowly. It's going to be a very, very, very slow pro- slow process. But I think eventually it's just going to be all self-representation in the NFL. Maybe not all, but majority, I think, is eventually going to start coming to light. I will say, I mean, once again, speaking from somebody that's not in that position, I would have an agent. There's a lot of there's a lot of like terminology that goes into those contracts that like you and I probably don't understand. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits of having an agent. Right. They do they do put out some of the fires that you don't necessarily you probably don't even know about. Like there's probably there's probably some fires that agents put out that uh you know the players don't even really know about right. until the season's over and. The agent's like, oh, hey, yeah, by the way, um, I did this, 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 and this during the season. And, the play- and you know, you're like, oh, the f- I didn't even know that was going on. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's the point. Yeah. You're not supposed to. I need you focusing on football. That's why I'm here. So. Oh, ass. Oh, ass. Um, I do think it's, uh, I-, I still do think it's beneficial to have have an agent. Yeah, you know, in, in, in some regards, I think it does. You know, if you're a guy who. Like if you went to college and you majored in finance, you know you kind of you kind of get some of the nuances behind it. Yeah, and I will say uh, real quick, Colin Cowherd did make a good point. I do I do agree with this point. If it's not from today's video, don't. Yeah, because I was I was not a fan of that take at all. Um, when you have an agent, usually your agent is a part of an agency that has other players that are that are signed, everything like that, right? Hmm. So teams are less likely to offend you and your agent because they're going to offend the agency and those teams need access to those other players. When you're self-represented, like I'm not saying I'm not saying this is what's happening. But if you're the if you're the teams, if you're the Ravens or the Colts or the Falcons or the Panthers or whoever, why the hell do you care if you piss off Lamar Jackson and his yeah. mom? What do you care? Like, you'll care on Sunday when he beats you by forty. <laughs> well, I'm saying, but like, who? Like, why do you care? Right? Yeah. Not, it Lamar Jackson. Like, obviously, yeah. If you bring him in at quarterback, you might draw the attention of some other players. But like, you don't really burn that bridge. Like, you you burn the bridge with Lamar Jackson doesn't mean you burn the bridge with DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams or Von Miller or some. You know what I mean? Like. But if Lamar Jackson had the same agent as those three guys mm-hmm. in this hypothetical situation, and you burn the bridge with Lamar Jackson and his agent and his agent's agency, it's going to be tougher to get those three guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you. I mean, that that is a very good point. Um, I think that's something that's not really taken into consideration when the whole conversation of it, whether you have one or you, whether you don't have an agent, does come into play. But like I said, I do not think that's what the teams are doing. No. No, I don't think I don't think they're I don't think they want. I think at this point, teams definitely don't want to offend players because I think they, to your credit, if you offend one player, that's not the end of the world. Depending on who you offend, it could start off. It could spread a a major fire quick. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is one of those players. Well, I mean, dude, you got dudes like Cam Hayward. He plays for the Steelers. He tries to tackle Lamar Jackson for a living. Right. Even he said, like, yeah, I thought it was kind of weird no other teams were taking a shot at him. 
Yeah, so, I mean... Maybe that's just Cam pushing his own narrative. He's like, dude, I'm tired of playing against this guy twice a year. Like, get him the fuck out of here. Yeah, who knows? It, it could be. His own selfish reasons. I don't right. blame him. Cam, I don't blame you. No, I, I, I wouldn't fucking blame him. I, I wouldn't want to want to try, try to tackle that guy twice a year. No, fuck no. No, are you kidding me? Um, I don't know. It's, it, you know, it's... It's tough. You know, it, it, it's a really, really tough road to, to, to navigate. Um, I'm sure... When it when it does come to contract negotiations like this, I'm sure even though Lamar Jackson is self represented, I'm sure he does have like a lawyer that's probably on retainer on on retainer that he that he can be like, look, this is what is presented to me. Yeah, maybe they allow him to sit in on the conversation just so you can have like legal representation there with him as well. Some um, of, some of the verbiage, like not necessarily like negotiating, but he's like advising and be like hey this is what this verbiage means this is yeah. what this means yeah like th- this is this is what they're attempting to say by doing this this is what they're trying to say by doing that take it as you want it i'm just i'm like just someone to break it down for him here it is in layman's terms right i have no clue what lamar jackson studied when he was in louisville i don't know if he graduated from louisville i'll be honest most most professional athletes don't graduate the college they attend um let's see I think eventually some of some of them do go back to college and finish their degrees, but um, most of them don't. Uh, Let's see, what did he get? He probably doesn't have one. If I had to, uh, if I had to guess. Um, once again, Lamar Jackson is, uh, he's trying to negotiate a deal at his own pace. When the hell does he got time to take online college courses? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, he can't even negotiate a deal during the season cause he's too busy focused playing quarterback. The hell's he taking statistics one Oh one for. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> um, that was, just, that was, just, that was just more so for my own, my own curiosities. Yeah. Like I said, most most pro th- pro athletes don't finish their degree. Some of them do, not while they're in co- not while they're in college. Some some of them some of them will stay in order just to get their degree. I think, I think Marlon Humphrey went back. Um, Steph Curry went back. I think Kyle Hamilton's going back too. Yeah, he's working on it. Yeah, I mean, there's some guys that like they go back and and they try to finish it out. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> bless you. But not all of Thank them. Thank you. Um, I th- I think it's I think it's like this is like really off topic, but I think it's like circumstantial as well like some like guys who go to like Kyle Hamilton with the Notre Dame Notre Dame is a very acclaimed mm-hmm. academic university yep compared to Louisville I'm not trying I'm not trying to say anything I'm not trying to say, say anything negative about the University of Louisville but maybe that's not maybe that at the moment was more of just like a route to the NFL as opposed to a route to Academic success. We, I mean, one hundred percent. We have to Maybe. call. We have to call it what it is. I'm not saying that that was Lamar Jackson's route, but for some pro athletes, the universities are simply they're going simply for I the mean, athletics, a means to an end. Yeah, to get to the professional level. That's okay. I'm absolutely fine with that. It's more so for college basketball than it is for football. Yeah. Um. I think. I think everybody knows that John Calipari's. I think the biggest benefiter. Of that, the well, one yeah, because you only have to play one season in college, so you can go for one season, take a bunch of shit classes, right, 
Play one season, and you're gone. I mean, shit, Ben Simmons cheated on his fucking SAT. They didn't find out until the tournament, and he still got drafted number one overall. Yep. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, but in football, you do have to uh, play three years, so. Or you, I don't know if you have to play three years. I think it's you have to be three years removed. Maybe. Because there have been times where, because I want to say Anthony Richardson is a redshirt sophomore. Maybe. And it's like, I mean, it's like it's like in the NBA, you have to be one year removed from high school. Yeah. So, like, a lot of guys are going to go play in the G, play in the G League, play overseas, and then go to the draft. Yeah, I mean, the NBA and the NFL are different. Uh, just like vastly, yeah. dr- like just draft strategies in general. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, have like different. the top maybe ten picks in the NBA might contribute to make a difference for your team, and there's only two rounds in the draft. So right. Um, what is it, 30 teams in the NBA? Yeah, so 60 picks total. 60 picks total. 10 of them might contribute to make a real difference. Right. 50 of them are like back of the bench kind of role players that step in and shit minutes where maybe they even do play for their uh, their G League teams. Right. Like, But then again, you have 15-man rosters on game day as opposed to 53. Right. So. Yeah, so the NFL draft is seven rounds long, and there are, I mean, you saw Brock Purdy, last pick of the NFL draft. He was a 262nd player picked. Yeah, he was uh, He was a vital piece of the 49ers' success last year. Yeah. Uh, so the NFL and NBA drafts are just uh, totally different. But um, while we're speaking on uh, contracts and agents, um, we should have just gone with the draft and say, and well, I want to talk about Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I just want to touch on uh, Nelson Aguilar and DJ Turk real quick. Well, that's going to turn into a longer conversation than what you think. Okay. Well, all right. For, fine. We'll go. We'll go. We'll do what you want to do. <laughs> you know I'm only joshing with you. I'm aware. All right. CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. Who would win in a fist fight? Who would win in a thumb war? <laughs> Find out next episode. No I'm kidding. <laughs> find out. Find out next time. That's it for the Poppy Nolan Sports Lab for today. Uh, but no, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, best two quarterback prospects in this draft. Yep. Um, widely regarded as pick one and pick number two. Um, in what particular order remains to be seen, but we have a pretty good idea. Josh McCown. Um, you gotta remember the cameras are around, buddy. I really don't think he gave a shit. Oh, he had to have known the cameras were around, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, like, yeah, he knows, but he got to remember, like, hey, they're watching. Yeah. Um, Shades of Ryan Tannehill. That's musty. I wish they wouldn't have said that. I know. That's musty. Let's see what they say about Bryce Young. Deshaun Watson. That's even worse. Oh, and he's going to Houston. Oh. I know. What the fuck's happening? Oh, God. Anyway, Stroud versus Young. At the quarterback position, I don't care about Will Levis. I'm just curious at this point. Jake Locker. Ew. I haven't heard that name in forever. And I These are some... Kind of wish I would never hear it again. Josh Allen. That's the only one that's not musty. <laughs> um, CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. Yeah. Talk to me about him. Pros. Cons. Um, what do you like about Stroud? What do you like about Young? What don't you like about Stroud? What don't you like about Young? Um, 
Um, I mean, well, the biggest thing that I like about Stroud is that he went to Ohio State. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like the shitty the shitty thing for CJ Stroud is like he played on such a, and this is this is kind of really the one big knock on him, I think, and I th- I think it's a knock for most Ohio State quarterbacks. Your offense is so fucking loaded, year in and year out, that as soon as as soon as you get to the NFL, there tends to be a little bit of a drop off. As far as, um, like, what the pl- what what your what your play is going to look like, Justin Fields is starting to live up to the hype um, when he got drafted. But I mean, look at a guy like uh, <sighs> Cardell Jones. He 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 didn't he really didn't get a shot in the NFL, but he didn't pan out in the NFL. People said that he should have left when he when he won the national championship. Same thing with JT Barrett. Same thing with Braxton Miller. Same thing with uh, Dwayne Haskins. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Yeah, that's another guy. Um, those are all guys who... I'm missing somebody. Whatever. Not important. If I'm forgetting a name, I'm forgetting a name. Um, I don't think you are. I think I'm good. JT. JT. Justin Fields. Cardell. Cardell. Braxton. Who else started that year? Um, there's three of them. There's three. Qu- Fuck. Hold on. Yeah, is- Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, JT Barrett, um, Dale Jones, um, Braxton. I'll pull it up here. You definitely said one more. There was there, there was definitely a sixth one. Yeah, I just can't remember who. No, oh, for the love of Pete. Who's Pete? Not important. Okay. Well, you said for the love of him, so I figured. I just want to see who their quarterbacks were. Who are you? JT. I'm aware he was fucking hurt. Thank you. (laughs) Braxton. Maybe I'm not missing someone. Interesting. Yeah. No, I'm missing no one. Oh, Joe Burrow. Don't forget him. We don't claim him. No, some Ohio State fans do, which which blows my mind. Some Bama fans still claim uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I know, which is insane to think about. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, the big, the nice thing with CJ Stroud is that even though he had all this talent around him, you know, his his accuracy was very very high. Um, I don't know the exact number right now, but um, you know, the accuracy definitely is the was the biggest thing for him. Well, the stats he probably gives you completion percentage. Good point. Completion percentage was sixty five point nine this last year. The season before that was seventy one. Um, so that's 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 really the, that's really the big thing for CJ Stroud. Bryce Young, the right, the really really big thing, the big knock on him is the size. If if Bryce Young was CJ Stroud's size, lock and key, number one pick, lock and key. Um, both guys are winners. Um, both guys can really rip the fucking ball. Um, you know, either way, no matter who, no matter where you end up, no matter who ends up getting picked number one overall, you're get you're getting a great quarterback. You're getting a generational quarterback to ch- to change the face of your franchise. Um, I think the whoever ends up going to the Panthers, I think is going to succeed more in the long term. Well, I mean, you have Frank Reich as your head coach versus D'Amico Ryan's, right? Like. 
the Panthers are, which we should have seen this coming, just by all, just by all the moves, and I, I didn't really, I didn't really think that too far into it. But based on all the moves they made, the Panthers are, the Panthers we should have been able to tell they were gearing up in order to get a quarterback in the first round. Frank Reich is a former NFL quarterback. Yep. Josh McCown's a former NFL quarterback. Yep. They signed uh, Andy Dalton. Yep. There's are three guys who are going to come in, who are going to, whoever they get, Stroud, it could be Levis, it could be Richardson, it could be Young. They've been on the carousel for a while. Yeah. One of the, one of the four guys, I've seen all of them be projected as the number one overall pick. Um, it just depends on what their preference is. I ultimately think it will be Stroud, but that's that's neither here nor there. They're going to be set up from a mental standpoint. They'll be able to get the reps they need. They'll be able to get get the support that they need. Um, so I think they'll have more success in the short term. Houston, I think at the moment, does have better weapons than Carolina. So maybe in the short term, whoever ends up going to Houston will have the better season. But I think long term. Uh, Carolina is definitely the destination for for one of these two guys. Um, I like a I like a hell of a lot more about both of them than I do that I dislike about about either one of them. Um, CJ Stroud, his big thing was that you know people weren't really sure about his mobility. How mobile is he willing to be? Yada yada yada. There are times where he could he could have ran, but he didn't. I don't know why that's a knock on people because. People tell Lamar Jackson not to run all the time, and then when he doesn't, people get pissed off. Um, but in the national tape, in the first round CFP game against Georgia, he showed his mobility. It was the same thing that Justin Herbert did. I think he didn't run a lot in college, but in the uh, in the bowl game against Utah, I can tell you, I think is who he played. Um, he decided to let the let the legs loose. And uh, ran the shit out of the ball. Now, for uh, C.J. Stroud, it is a little different because he was harassed all goddamn game long. Yeah, well, he was going against that Georgia front. Right, he was going against that Georgia defense, which is brutal. Uh, Last game of the year was against, it doesn't say. Of course it doesn't. It was in the Rose Bowl. It was in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I think it was Utah. Wisconsin. 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 Uh, how many times did they sack him? Did they sack him? I have no idea. Oh, that was when the pass interference call at the end of the game happened. It was a really controversial one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, pretty sure it was this bowl game. He let the he let the legs loose a little bit. Um, I wish it would say his rushing stats on here, but it doesn't. Anyway, not important. Stroud. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, not important. Um, you know, the thing, again, things that I like about both of them, um, CJ, CJ Stroud, um, put the questions to bed about his mobility in the game against Georgia. That was, I think that was, even though they lost, that was probably his best game of the year. Oh yeah. I don't know if it was his highest graded. It was his highest graded by a long shot. Yeah. So he saved his best game of the year for the most important time. Unfortunately, they did lose. Um, when you look at Bryce Young, I mean, he... He has all the tools. He like he he's very reminiscent of like a Drew Brees esque type of passer. Even even with his size, I think he's shorter than what Drew Brees is. But um the big thing is to drop in production from his Heisman winning season to his to this past season. 
Um, when they won the Heisman, he had two receivers that were picked in the NFL draft. This year, he's not going to have any, which is the first time in, I want to say, six years Alabama's not projected to have a receiver drafted. Um, so the drop in production is can be a little concerning for people. But then again, you know, it's when your team is quote-unquote retooling at the receiver position, you know, it's it's difficult to keep up with those numbers that you have from your Heisman season. Only one player has ever won two Heisman trophies. True. So it, so it was it was pretty unrealistic for Bryce Young to go ahead and do that. I'll say this. Like, I think it does mean something that Bryce Young did have as good of a season as he did with the weapons that he did have. This past season, you mean? This past season, okay. yeah. Because um, when you look at the NFL, like, you're not always going to have Jamison Williams and John Mechie. Yeah. Well, if he goes to the Texans, he will have John Mechie. But, um, True. But you don't always have those you don't always have two first round talents yeah playing for you um you know and i think that's i think that's always been a knock on bama and ohio state quarterbacks as well is cuz typically their receivers are running like butt naked down the field like no one yeah. around them is just like nobody wants to be near them right um but bryce young didn't have that this year um mm. and he he still made it work um, yeah, I mean, Bama was still a good football team this season. Yeah, this year Bryce. I mean, in in compa- comparing years, he played three less games this year than he did in 2021. Um, completed about two percent less of his passes. He had 1,600 yards less yards per yards per attempt was still the same. 15 less touchdowns, two less interceptions, and his passer rating was lower. So across the board, the numbers were lower. But again, he did play in less games than he did the year before. He did attempt, good gracious, he attempted almost 200 less passing attempts. So I don't think he's thrown the ball 200 times in three games. Hmm. So, I mean, I mean, the passing numbers did go down as well. Well, I mean, like, like honestly speaking, you just you just take Marvin Harrison Jr., from Ohio State, and you put him on Bama this last season, and I'm pretty sure Marvin Harrison Jr. probably wins the Blittenkoff Award for best receiver in football. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, I've said I've said it multiple times over that Ohio State in the current in the Ohio State that CJ Stroud was playing with is going to have six different wide receivers that were on that team get drafted in the first round. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane to think about. They've already had three get drafted in the first round. They're about to have a fourth this year, and they're going to have two more next year. Yeah. So, I mean, like... And they're not skipping a beat. Ohio State's going to be just as competitive this season as they were this past season. So, I think that's... Bama and and Ohio State get a big knock from the quarterback position uh, because of that, because they do play with the top-end wide receiver talent. They're not always going against the best defenses. You know what I mean? Like, um, Like, Bama always has, like, three cupcake games. At the beginning of the season, yeah, where they beat up on like Utah State, University of Louisiana Monroe, and Austin P. Yeah, so you know, like they're beating up on teams like that, and they play Vandy every year, and they play Vandy every year. You know what I mean? So like they're not they're not going like they do have some cupcake games thrown in there, sure. uh, so that like they do get a bit of a knock, and I give it the knock too. I'll be honest, like I give. I'm always hesitant about Alabama and Ohio State quarterbacks just because simply the track record has not shown that they transition that well to the NFL. Yeah, lately it looks like they are starting to buck the trend. Alabama quarterbacks, it looks like they are. Um, 
whether you claim him or not, Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL now at this point. Tua had a Tua had a turnaround season, and Mac Jones is not. I mean, I think we've shit on Mac Jones a good bit on this podcast before. Mac Jones is not a bad quarterback. <laughs> if you give him an offensive coordinator, if you put him in the right in, with Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator, he can't be worse than it was with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, right? If he is, then he deserves to lose his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'll I'll definitely agree with you there. Um, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, to your credit, you know, Alabama quarterbacks and Ohio State quarterbacks, because they're so talented and they have so much around them, they've never really transitioned that great into the NFL before. Um, it's more so teams like Will Levis from Kentucky, the guy who has to play SEC defenses all the time, who doesn't necessarily have the best weapons around him. They're normally the guys who translate better to the NFL than, than not. Yeah, because they have to make NFL throws, right? The majority of the time, whereas you know CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, they typically get the layups, right? And same thing, same thing with Anthony Richardson. You know, you're on a team that's a that's lesser than your opponents. You have to do more, so you would think that they're going to end up panning out better in the NFL than guys who come from those big blue blood like. Powerhouse schools. Powerhouse schools, exactly. Yeah, I will say, um, so Colin Cowherd had uh, CJ Hushmanzada. TJ. TJ, that's what it is. Um, TJ Hushmanzada on his show. And um, he's been actually working with both Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Mm. So um, he said that with, with CJ Stroud... It's not it's it's not nothing that happens on the field, but whether you are a starter, whether you're the starting running back, the star receiver, his left tackle, the star corner, or whether you are the fifty third man on the roster, he'll treat you exactly the same. He goes, and that like, you want that from your franchise quarterback? Yeah, like. It does not matter who you are on this team. I'm going to treat you exactly the same. Now he did say Bryce Young um Bryce Young can succeed anywhere because Bryce Young is right here all the time. The highs don't get too high and the lows don't get too low. He's very even keeled. He's right here the entire time. There might be some, you know, little little waves in there, but the highs don't get too high, the lows don't get too low. He said CJ Stroud's got a little more fire to him. He's he's a little he's a little bit more fiery, a little bit more chippy, um, and that might just be a little bit you know competitor. Um, but Bryce Young is real, just he's real level. Um, I don't know both both are very good. Um, you know C.J. Stroud treating everybody the same. I I assume that Bryce Young does the exact same thing, um, but C.J. Stroud he treats everybody the same, whereas Bryce Young is more level. Um, both are both are attributes you want out of your. Uh, out of your starting quarterback, your franchise quarterback. Um I don't know. Like you said, if Bryce Young was bigger, there's no there's honestly there's no debate. He's the number yeah. one quarterback. I mean, his natural ability to throw the football, whether it's across his body, whether it's on the move, whether it's standing in the pocket, um I know everybody worries about the size. Like, is he gonna be able to see around an NFL offensive line? Well, he played at Bama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alabama is pretty much an NFL offensive line. Right. And he goes against Georgia and LSU, you know, NFL defensive lines. 
Right. You know what I mean? And you know what? I will say Bryce Young has phenomenal pocket presence. Yeah. His movement in the pocket and hit for, like, the way he senses pressure. And sometimes it's just real subtle moves. Um, sometimes it's big moves and he's going left and he's going back and then he's going back left and then he's moving right. And, and the way he just like moves with it, like, and he's not scrambling, he's just moving within the pocket to create time to wait for these big men to get the hell out of his way. Right. So he can make a throw. I don't know, man. I think Bryce Young's going to transition very, very well to the NFL. Um, I think, I, you know, I, th- I think they both will transition very well to the NFL. You know, a point that, a point that you were bringing up about, you know, CJ Stroud treats one through fifty three the exact same way. Bryce Young doesn't get highs don't get too high, lows don't get too low. You know those are both traits that you want out of your veteran, out out of a not a veteran, but out of a leader. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like it, like in 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 any shape or form, you want that out of a leader, leader on a football team, a leader of a fucking group project. You want you just want an even keel person. Treat everybody the same. And we're gonna get shit done. Yeah, absolutely. So those are both those are definitely both traits that do transition into the NFL that got that guys in the NFL are gonna rally around. Um You know, again, you know, it's just it it's it's gonna come down to what what do you value more for your team? Do you want the guy who's gonna stand in the pocket and take shot after shot after shot? Like not gonna be scared of getting hit. CJ Stroud is not getting scared is not scared of getting hit. No. 6-3-2-14. He'll take shots and he'll he'll stare like he's going to stare down the the barrel of a gun. <laughs> Philip Rivers. Hey, nice hit big man. Right. He, like, Andrew Luck. He's he's going to stare down the barrel of the gun, deliver strikes and take licks. Bryce Young, he's going to he's going to do a little bit more buying time because that's that's what suits him better. Dancing in the pocket. He's like Bryce Young is not going to be the guy who's going to take a hit. From Miles Garrett, every single fucking play. That poor guy. Imagine doing that. That's just like that. That is that is not the style of football that is going to a succeed for Bryce Young and b not keep him in the NFL for very long. Yeah, but he's not like a he's not like a Lamar Jackson kind of like oh shit pressure gotta go. You know what I mean? Like he's he's moving around to buy time to throw the football. Like I will say that um, about Bryce Young is he's not he's not moving to run. He's right. moving to throw. Yeah. Um, Which I love. I love that in a quarterback. I, I mean, I wish, like, I do love when Lamar Jackson runs, but I do wish sometimes he just moved, like, he just moved around to throw the football. Sometimes. But, that, you know, uh, you know, again, that's... But then sometimes I watch him, I'm like, all right, dude, you got to use, you got to use some athleticism here. Jesus, dude. Yeah, and, and you know, that's, that's not the strength of Lamar Jackson's game. You know, when he, Lamar Jackson has... Probably the best fight or flight response in the NFL. When shit hits the fan, if he's got to run, there's no other fucking thing on his mind. I'll say 99% of the time, I trust Lamar Jackson's uh, instincts to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. There are sometimes like that, the game against the Bills last season, where he was just kind of like slowly backpedaling and then threw it off his back foot in the corner of the end zone and got intercepted. I'm like, dude, you are way too athletic to do that. Right. Come on. Right. Um, so again, you know, it really depends on what your team is looking for. If you're looking for a guy who's going to just stand in the pocket and not be scared of getting hit, CJ Stroud's a guy. If you want a guy who's who there might be a little bit more physical questions about, 
but is going to dance around in the pocket and buy time. Bryce Young is your guy. I mean, me personally, if I if I was building a franchise, I'm building it around C.J. Stroud. Yeah, like you give me the number one overall pick. Um, even if I'm the Texans, Texans number one overall pick. If I'm the GM, I'm taking C.J. Stroud for one reason and one reason only: prototypical size. He's he's got the size, he's got the strength, he's got the knowledge. Very smart. Um, he's got leadership qualities. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I w- uh, not that Bryce Young is not worthy of the number one overall pick. Me, personally, if I'm starting a team, I'm starting it with C.J. Stroud. Because he can move to throw the football. Yeah. He's not moving to run all the time. He's moving to throw the football. I think I think that's why everybody's so high on Patrick Mahomes. Is Patrick Mahomes is he's sneaky athletic? Yeah, but he moves to throw the football. He doesn't right. move to run. Which, like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, a lot of the time they're moving to run. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's the strong suit of your game, lean into it. If that's what you do well, continue to do it well. Right. But and me- I mean, if if you look if you look around at the NFL, you know the amount of starters that are below six foot tall. You know, it's 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 not a lot of them. No, it's not many. You know, Kyler, Kyler Murray, uh, Russell Wilson, Tua, maybe Tua. He's like, if he's not, he's like six one. He's he's a sheet of paper six one. away. Six one. Yeah, that's that's a short six one. Yeah, Jalen hurts maybe. Jalen's bigger than you think. Jalen's six one. Jalen hurts six one. So I mean, the amount the amount of starting quarterbacks in the NFL that are shorter than six foot tall. You know, it's not it's not a lot of them. So NFL teams clearly do value yeah. the the height of a player as opposed to like like much more than you would think. Yeah, you know, a lot of the, I mean in the past in the past a lot of the guys who were hyper talented but short went in like the fourth or fifth round. Like well, Brock Purdy, he's not if he if he's he's six foot tops. Yeah, uh, he might be like five eleven. Six one, there's no way. Six one. I, I think Alabama also put on ESPN that Bryce Young's six foot, which is not true. So no, who knows? But, but I mean, I mean, the size is something that is that is definitely valued in the NFL. I don't know the amount of quarterbacks that are under six foot tall, but it's definitely not a lot. Two of them come to mind, like I said, Kyler Murray and uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Um. You know, Kyler Murray was just is so talented that he was that, you know, you had to take him number one overall. And then Russell Wilson was a third overall, was a third round pick. So I mean, those are guys who weren't really necessarily Russell Wilson at least was not given a shot initially to prove himself to be the top guy drafted. Yeah. So I mean, for that reason, I think I think C.J. Stroud is going to be the pick at one as opposed to Bryce Young just because of the size itself. I think that I think they're really so close. That normally size shouldn't be the the deciding factor, but I think ultimately it will be. Size doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> size definitely does not matter in any anyway way, way, shape, or form. Doesn't matter. No. All right. Now let's get into what I wanted to talk about. And that's all the time we have for today. We'll catch you next week. All right. And uh, Nelson Aguilar, DJ Chark today, did sign deals. Uh, DJ Chark, a 
agreed to a deal with the formerly aforementioned uh, Carolina Panthers. So they have traded away DJ Moore, but they have now signed Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Uh, DJ Chark was a one-year deal worth $5 million, and Nelson Aguilar was a one-year deal with a base salary of $3.25 million with $3 million in incentives, bringing his total value of a possible contract up to $6.25 million. Thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, social security number. Not going to do that. Okay. Um, So so here's my take on... So DJ Chark, good signing there by the Carolina Panthers. He's a guy who's going to come in and give you depth. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's not going to do anything. He'll give you... He'll give you a few a few moments where you're like, "Wow, what a fucking play by him!" But outside of that, um, you know, he is going to be more of a depth piece. Adam Thielen is definitely going to be the featured receiver there in Carolina. Um, I mean, they still have uh, Lavisca Chenault. They still have Terrace Ju- Terrace Marshall Jr. Adding DJ Chark with, I think they have Ian Thomas still, and uh, Hayden, Hurst. Hayden Hurst also signed there in the, this offseason as well. So Tommy Tremble, not Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble. Um, so I mean, they, they do have they do have a good bit of um, targets there. So whoever the fuck the quarterback is, good for them. Great signing. As far as the um, Nelson Aguilar signing for the for the Ravens, uh, not a popular opinion by a lot of people. I'm a fan of it. I like the signing. Um, you and me talked about this earlier. The problem is Ravens fans is we're way too fucking unrealistic. We are unrealistic as a motherfucker because we managed to fleece the Vikings uh, for a fifth-round pick at Kerry Bedvick. Okay. And then turn that fifth-round pick into Clay's Campbell. Deals like that don't happen all the time, Ravens fans. We have we like we ha- we have to tone down our what we think is realistic for the team to do. Would it be awesome in order to get DeAndre Hopkins? Absolutely. I don't even want Odell Beckham Jr. So don't even talk to me about him. Um, but this was more of the Ravens' move that they were going to make a free agency. This is not the move they're going to make. I believe the move they make the big guy they go get is going to be in the draft. I think it will be with pick number 22 or we trade back, accumulate some more draft draft capital and then pick again and still get the, and still get the guy that we want. Um, but a guy like Nelson Aguilar, you know, similar to DJ Chark, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him. You know what he's capable of doing. You'll have a few moments where it's like, whoa, it's good, but it's going to be that way on both sides. Worth it. Right. Right. But then you're going to watch him drop three straight balls and maybe even fumble one, and you're like, oh, I'm going to hurt him. Right. So, I mean, I wonder how many drops he had last year. I don't know, but he literally got, like, made fun of in Philadelphia. Like, there's, like, legitimately... Because like, he dropped the ball so often, yeah. Yeah, there's memes, like, in the news. Like, dude, like dude's famous for making fun of Nelson Aguilar. Cause there, was a fi- there was a house that was on fire, and he said, they were throwing babies out the window. Thank I God, know. Thank God Aguilar wasn't here. Four drops on the season. It's not bad. No. Look, if he comes in as a, as a relatively sure-handed receiver... 
I'm not mad about it. Out of his 50 targets, he caught 31 of them. Dropped four. Once again, he was playing in that Matt Patricia offense. Think about that. That's that's what I just said. That's a sentence. Right. No, no. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with you that he that it's not the most glamorous signing possible. It's definitely not. But then again, like I said, he the ball was turned to him 50 times and he caught it 31 times. I will say, I if my personal opinion, I would rather have DJ Shark versus Nelson Aguilar. Um, he's a little bit younger. I think he's a little bit bigger. Six four two zero five. Nelson Aguilar is. Um, he was a rookie in twenty eighteen, so he's only played five seasons in the NFL. Um, so I think he's. I think he is a little bit bigger than Nelson Aguilar. He hasn't. Ha- he hasn't been as productive. But uh, four seasons were on Jacksonville. One season with uh, Detroit. Now, granted, this was the season uh, that the Detroit offense blew up. Um, but he was like wide receiver two or three right. on that team. Right. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown was very clearly the number one option. Uh, they ran the ball very well with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. And they did have TJ Hawkinson up until the trade deadline. Um, so, I don't know. Personally, I would have rather had DJ Chark. If that was the deal that we were handing out, like if we were like, hey, you know what? Nelson, we'll give you one year, three million base. Six million uh, in total with incentives, or you can get DJ Chark, who's younger, uh, bigger, probably just as talented, probably not as fast, but just as talented um, for five million. I personally, I would have rather had DJ Chark. And you know, that's the whole thing that that the Ravens are really going for. You know, they want that track team at wide receiver, which I've which I've I've never had an issue with. Well, then sign Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> well. He's a literal track star. <laughs> well, I, I, I get, I get that, but I'd rather have somebody who, who's had a, a better history of catching the ball instead of just being known for just running straight really fast. I don't think Marquis Marquis Goodwin's not a bad receiver. Oh, I mean, he's better than me, but I think I think Nelson Aguilar's better than him. Anyway, regardless, a lot of people, a lot of people are crapping on this signing by the Ravens. Um, but there's just like there's there's no pleasing Ravens fans. Me and Holman talked about it earlier earlier in the day. There's there's literally no pleasing anyone. We could get a deal done with Lamar Jackson, and then we don't sign anybody else for the rest of the offseason. and then everybody would be bitching. Why don't we sign anyone else? We'll say Marquise Goodwin. Uh, his first year in San Francisco, he had fifty six catches on one hundred and five targets for nine hundred and sixty two yards. pretty good season um but Ravens fans Ravens fans are never going to be happy with 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 whatever we end up doing um I'm a fan of this um I think it's a good signing by the Ravens this is kind of something that I expected us to do look DeAndre Hopkins as great as I would be um you know a, a, a label that we've thrown on a trade on this podcast before is pipe dream yeah Right, we said that Roquan Smith to the Ravens is a pipe dream. It happened. Now he's not going anywhere. DeAndre Hopkins to the Ravens is a pipe dream. Now that we say that it's a pipe dream, it'll happen. Um, just so we're gonna keep saying it. So we're gonna we're, so we're gonna keep saying it. But but seriously, it, it it is a pipe dream with as much as with as much money as he cost, and them asking for a second round pick. 
they're not going to get that second. There's no shot. In hell. They're not. They're not going to get it. So it's gonna. It's gonna affect when the timeline of him being dealt is. He'll probably be dealt on draft day, um, if I had to guess. But um, this is something that was more realistic for the Ravens. This the Ravens through all through all the fucking shit that the Ravens go through with the, with the wide receivers. This should have been the move that Ravens fans expected. I would have rather them spend this money on bringing Demarcus Robinson back. Well, and, and and I think that'll happen. But as far as getting somebody, as far as revamping the the wide receiver room, this is something that they should have expected. When have the Ravens? Of course, the Ravens have tried. They've tried multiple times in order to spend money on a receiver, and it doesn't work. Ultimately, they go with guys on one year deals. That's always been that's always been the case, which is why they're under so much scrutiny as far as the receiver position goes now now at this point but you know this should have been the more realistic option that the Ravens were going to go with and I kind of saw it coming I didn't want to admit it I was being optimistic I was hoping we wouldn't do it but if you're mad that the Ravens are finally signing somebody just you're just a, a angry person in general well no you can be upset at this because and it's not necessarily this signing alone it's the fact that the Ravens' front office has never made a big wide receiver free agent splash. Make sure you can say like Anquan Bolden, but he was like a he was an aging receiver that we just happened to turn out to like make him a damn good receiver. We got an aging Steve Smith. Like we've never like as like we've never had that like big name like splash wide receiver free agent signing. So I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily just the Agalor signing. I think it's the accumulation of the disappointment in not getting it done and, from, at that position. And you know I you know I get that, but you know if you look at historically at what the Ravens have done, they've never made those big splashes on offense. Like they're just I I they're just an- I know, but like I mean, they're, we'll they're full- like anemic to doing it. They only want to do it on the on the defensive side of the ball, which I is nice. It. We'll we'll get we'll know? pay Marcus Williams fourteen million dollars a year, which I love Marcus Williams. I literally have his jersey. Um, I was a great signing, but we'll pay him fourteen million dollars a year. But I mean, we can't. We won't make a splash in the wide receiver market, and I think that's why Ravens fans are so pissed off. Now, do some fans get a little? Out of line, absolutely. Fans is short for fanatics. Little, they're a little crazy, but that's in every every fan base. People are a little unrealistic, a little crazy. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily just this signing that has Ravens fans upset. I think it's the fact that it's just another typical Ravens signing. We get them for a year or two. They're a little aging. They're kind of the outcast. You know, we we get them in on a team-friendly deal and hope that they overproduce for the deal that we give them. And I think Ravens fans are like, dude, all right, enough. Like, we can't... We're not very good at drafting the position, and then we don't do anything in free agency. I think... I think and then, you know, we finally get Marquise Brown, who I was... I'm happy with the trade because of who we got, and mm. Marquise did have a case of the dropsies. Um, but I think I also don't think we were using him correctly. 
Um, so I don't blame him for it, but like we finally have a good receiver in Marquise Brown, and then we trade him away. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, our best drafted wide receiver in franchise history. Now this guy's no bum. Is Torrey Smith? Yeah, I love Torrey Smith. He's I mean he's no slouch. Mm-mm. He was he was an amazing wide receiver when he came into the league. Um, but it's just I think it's just like the overall. It seems like incompetency from the front office to fix the wide receiver position over an extended period of time. Yeah. I mean, this isn't like a we were great at wide receiver for so long and we're in a little bit of a slump. Right. It's just never been great. And you know, I th- I think a real I think a real issue with the Ravens is is that they've kind of showed they've showed the rest of the NFL on on a larger on a larger sample size now at this point that they're okay with not having that stud wide receiver because they're so they're so fine with just running the ball you know what I'm saying so they they put such an emphasis on running the ball does that change under Todd Munkin probably to an extent I don't think entirely it'll change I think I think running the ball is still the identity we want to be No he's openly admitted like you you still have to run the football right he we we still want to be identified as a team that runs the ball first and then we and then we set up the pass from there um so I mean the Ra- the Ravens are kind of doing this to themselves you know self-inflicted gunshot wounds you know they admit okay we want to run the under Greg Roman specifically, we run a, we want to run the ball seventy five percent of the time. That's a, that's a bit much. I'm exaggerating that number. Sure, that yeah. number. But we want to run the ball the majority of the time. Fifty five, forty five, fifty five percent of the time we want to run the ball. Forty five percent of the time we will throw the ball football. Yeah, and then sometimes it's you know situationally it'll it'll become more of a running running aspect than anything else. But um, you know they've established themselves as being a running first football team. Nobody has a problem with that. We're very, very efficient at running the ball. But, you know, the idea of trying to get a superstar wide receiver or, or a, a big-time guy to come to Baltimore, you know, that makes it that it makes it tough. Because why would a guy want to come to Baltimore when, number one, they won't be the, they won't be the first option? Because everybody knows that's Mark Andrews, right? So why would they want to come to a team where they're going to get second-tier second tier targets on a team that's passing rate is one of the lowest in the NFL. I mean, I will say it's, I mean, you, you look at targets. I mean, Mark Andrews, 113 targets. Okay. That's fine. But then you have Demarcus Robinson getting 75 targets. Devin Duvernay getting 49. Isaiah likely getting 60. Rashad Bateman only played seven games and he had 28 targets. You know what I mean? Like, you could split some of those up. Like, someone like D-Hop can take all 75 from Demarcus Robinson and a few from Devin DuVernay. And still, he can still have 80, 90 targets a season. Someone like D-Hop can make a play for, you know. I'm saying, like, that's just, like, the pipe dream while we're talking about the big the big splash. That's what I'm saying, the big splash. Um, he can take those targets away. But then you have a team like the New York Jets, who has already have a very good receiving core, Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. Um, they let go of Braxton Berrios. Then they traded Elijah Moore to the Browns. Um, for it was Elijah Moore and a third, and they received a second. So it was a good trade by the Jets. Yeah. But they can go out and sign Alan Lazard and Mecole Hardman. 
And like here we are as the Ravens and like Eric DaCosta and and the front officer are like, hey, but we got you Agalor. Right. So But you know, in you know, it's 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 tough for the Ravens to try and get one of those top tier guys because, you know, why would Again, we'll just we'll just stick with DeAndre Hopkins because it's most relevant. His last full season that he played, he got 154 targets. Why would he want to go to a team where he only gets 90? You know, maybe that's 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 just that's just one thing to think about. Maybe with with Nelson Aguilar, maybe targets don't mean maybe targets don't mean anything. He just wants an opportunity to play. We have a kicker that was traded. Who? Uh, the Panthers traded Zane Gonzalez to the 49ers. For what? Uh, I don't know. Oh Lord! Way to throw a fucking wrench into the episode, Carolina. A fucking kicker was traded. You idiots! You could have just released him, right? Like you could have just like they could. He could have just been released and picked him up. They wouldn't have to give anything up. Zane. Gonzalez. I can't believe they really just traded for a kicker. Especially a kicker like Zane Gonzalez. It's one thing if you trade for Justin Tucker. Right. You know you're getting a dog. But then again, the Ravens traded the kicker too. <laughs> That's it's fair. While we're talking about a kicker going for a fifth round pick, I, I don't think Zane Gonzalez went for a fifth, but... um, yeah, Like... But, I get what you're saying about the yeah. You know, why would you go from 154 to 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 90? But I will say, a projected 90. It's not, it's a not projected even, 90. Yeah, sure, it's not sure, even guaranteed. Sure. Yeah. So why would you want to take 60 less um, targets? But would you rather have 60 more targets on a team like the Arizona Cardinals? Or would you rather have 60 less targets on a team like the Baltimore Ravens that you know are going to compete for the division title every year that you're there? Mm-hmm. You're going to compete in the playoffs every year that you're there. You could potentially get to an AFC championship and potentially a Super Bowl while you're there because you know that you're a difference maker at wide receiver. Would you take 60 less looks a season to actually get to the end result? I mean, like, D-Hop's been in the league for, what, nine, ten seasons at this point? Uh, Drafted in 2013 to 10. Okay, perfect. This will be your 10. Perfect. So, I mean, let's be honest. The shelf life on a wide receiver is not super, super long. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, and he's had he's had a few injuries, mm-hmm. so he's he's maybe only got another what five six years in the tank at the at the top. At the level he's at now, I think it's even less than that. Well, yeah, at the level he's at, yeah, even less than that. But um, you know, of be, of being a competent wide receiver, maybe yeah. five six years. Yeah, you know, I I definitely see your point there. You got to get the chips while you can. You know, of of course, you know, I would I would definitely love to, you know. Sacrifice those targets in order to accumulate wins. But on the flip side of that, a team. What if a team like a team like the Lions, for example, says, "Okay, well, we'll give you the second round pick." Then you don't sacrifice your targets, and you still are on a winning team. Well, if there's a trade, he doesn't have a say in the matter. Okay. Well, well, well. Sign, well, signing in that case. Um, you know the the Lions who are are what I mean, 
as far as we've been fans of the NFL, has widely been the worst team in the NFL for long for as long as we can remember. Absolute poverty. Yeah, now they're finally starting to look up. You know, if you're offered less money by the Lions, but you're guaranteed more more touches. I know they have a mom to St. Brown, so it wouldn't really work there. It's not the best example, but it's just it's just an example. You know, and and that's the reason why the Ravens don't get those top those top name guys because teams can throw the ball to them more. And they ha- and if all works out, we'll contend. Yeah. Instead of the Ravens saying, "Hey, jump on. We're going to contend." But the production might not be there. All right. Well, let's take a look at. Let's go to quarterbacks. Can I not see attempts? Perfect. Tampa Bay. They threw the piss out of the ball. Yeah. He threw the ball 733 times. Yeah. Justin Herbert, 699. Patrick Mahomes, 648. Kirk Cousins. All right. Let's take the. Yeah. No, they have Travis Kelsey. There's really not a There's really not a squad that throws the piss out of the wall that doesn't already have a number one receiver. I don't know. Well there you go. Perfect. You can't go to a pass happy offense. They already got their guy. And I mean you know, an, another another point behind that is, you know, the Ravens are so dominant on both sides of the ball, specifically running the ball, that you know, if we go up two touchdowns, we stop throwing it because we know our defense is that good. You know, we we you know how many times have we seen the Ravens get a, get into a shootout over the last five years? It's been a couple, but compared compared to some of the other teams, I mean, there are some teams that get into a shootout every fucking week. Oh yeah, I mean that's the only way the Lions were winning football games last season. They weren't winning with defense, right? And I mean, and I mean, the Ravens are be able to win it with defense and running the ball. So I mean. That just that just further eliminates why coming to Baltimore is not a great idea for a top tier wide receiver. Well, I understand, but we're also talking about the Ravens of old. This is a new offense. You have to remain to see what happens. Right. I mean, look if if you're telling me you're DeAndre Hop, like I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking here. You know, you you go to an offense that runs the ball 55 percent of the time, but throws the ball 45 percent of the time. You know, you're wide receiver one, but you're maybe option number two in in your quarterback's reads. But I don't see any issues with that. You know that you're still going to get top targets. Yeah. You know, you're going to get top two targets. You're going to get the ball. Um, it all depends on the scheme that, that Todd Munkin runs uh, from the pass game. So, I don't know, man. I think uh, I think the, the Nelson Aguilar signing, reeling it back in, it's not this particular signing that has Ravens fans pissed. It's the lack of making game-changing moves at that position that has Ravens fans so pissed. I understand that. I do. I mean, I'm we've we've seen it for years now. When Joe Flacco was here, we couldn't do it. Now that Lamar Jackson's here, we still can't do it. Um, I mean, who's the best free agent wide receiver the Ravens have brought in? Free agent wide receiver? Yeah. Probably Derek Mason. That's what I was thinking, Derek Mason. Which, don't get me wrong, he was a dog, but... Yeah. Christ, that was... What we probably Steve brought... Mc, Steve McNair days. Yeah, we probably brought him in, what, 14 years ago? Oh. 
that's not a, a quick Google can't fix. I don't. I feel like I might be pretty damn close with that number. You're willing to? Are you willing to put money on that? Fourteen years? <laughs> Maybe I'll put a dollar on it. Dollar? Okay. I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. But fourteen years ago, the Ravens signed Derek Mason. <laughs> what if I told you it was almost twenty? What? Oh five. Holy shit. Oh five we signed him. Well, I owe you a dollar. <laughs> I, I'm not giving you a dollar. Double it, give it to the next person. <laughs> Double it, give it to the next person. Well, I only have one dollar in my po- in my wallet. So. That's okay. Yeah, oh five. That was the uh that was the last time that the Ravens really rolled up the big carpet for a wide receiver. I don't even know what the contract looked like back then. True. If okay, so not knowing the O five number, if I were to say over under fourteen years ago we signed Derek Mason, what would you have taken? I would have said I would have taken the over. Would you? Yeah. Cause the Super Bowl win was eleven now at this point. We won in the twenty twelve, twenty thirteen season, wasn't it? Uh yeah. It was my freshman year of high school. So 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. So. 10. 10, yeah. I was yeah. wondering, like, if I, like, not knowing the 05 number, would you, you said over? Mm, I, would, I still would have taken it over. I was just yeah. curious. Yeah. That was a fun little question. Yeah, no, I, I still, I still would have taken it over. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Christ, the, ba- <laughs> the last good free agent wide receiver signing. I'd say the Ravens really made like the the last impactful one was Derek Mason. Well, I guess Anquan Bolden, but Steve Smith. I mean, Anquan Bolden was a trade. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was a trade. There you go. Well, I, I know Steve Smith was productive and good, but he wasn't really impactful. Ravens free agent signings by year. Here we go. Top twenty Ravens free agent signings in history. Let's see. Let's let's see where the receiver is ranked. Number one, Michael McCarry. I knew that one. Oh, Oklahoma. You are struggling. Come on, stop being a cottonhead in the knee muggins. All right, we're done with that. Yeah. Um, last piece here. Lane Johnson and the Eagles. Came to terms on a massive contract extension. I didn't even see. I didn't even see this. One year, thirty-three point four four five million dollars, including thirty million of it guaranteed. Back the truck up. One year, thirty-three million dollar extension with thirty million of it guaranteed. That's rotten. That's insane. Yeah, that's fucking rotten. Good for him. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Shout out Lane Johnson. I mean, best right tackle in football. Gotta lock him up. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't know if he's the best. I might put Penny Sewell above him. I think Lane Johnson's the best. He hasn't allowed a sack in over two seasons. Yep. Even playing in the postseason with a torn adductor in his pack. That was impressive. Yeah. I will say that. That was very impressive. Lane Johnson has not allowed a sack in over two seasons. Penny Sewell. Let me see here. So if you ask me, Lane Johnson's the best right tackle in football. Penny Sewell ain't far behind. I don't doubt that. You could, Yeah. I mean, 
I'm just saying. He's, I'm just saying he's not. He's not far behind. Let's see. Where does Lane Johnson rank among all tackles? Fifth. It's pretty good. Number five. Penny Souls ten. There you go. So two top ten tackles we're talking about right there. Two top tens. Top five, top five. I knew it was coming. I was I was tempted to do it myself. <laughs> That's how I knew it was coming. <laughs> Is Christian Darisol a right tackle? I think he's left. Huh. I think he's a left tackle. Um. Anyway. That's all I got for you, my boy. I don't know if you have anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you wanted to talk about? I think we pretty much covered all the big things that happened. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Nope. That's um, that's it. We hit everything. Hit everything. Another uh, successful show as always. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's get on out of here. Um, let's have ourselves a good weekend. De- you know, de-stress a little bit. I know I need it. Sounds like you need it as well. So Yeah, for sure. Let's get on out of here. Let's go see our ladies. Have a good weekend. And uh, we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Yep. See you guys. Thanks, guys. See you.